Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 263, that's 263, it's the ENS Wolves podcast in association with Kettle and Toaster Man, I'm your host Nathan Judah, great to be back, desperate for some football, Mr. Liam Keane, come in, Bebs. How are you, my son? Well, how are you? After your, um, <laughs> that's the most important thing, of course, week, week off, but you'd pre-booked a um, push-up. In Liverpool, um, you know, in and around the game, which of course was cancelled. Uh, God rest her soul, uh, the Queen. And um, and look, you had to, you had to still go out there. You couldn't get the mileage. You couldn't claim it back. You thought it was all the perfect plan that you had a free trip there. You didn't, so you had to delve into your pocket. Petrol prices are great. You got there. Two big nights. How was the head? Well, I'll, I'll you know, I'll start with this. It's mm. um, it's look, I'm a, I'm a very uh, professional. Uh, reporter, I I value my job, and the job always comes first. However, however, you're going to however, you're gonna <laughs> there's always a something here that could get you the sack. If I, if if I can, you know, work in some social events around my travelling, mm. you know, I see the you know make the best of efforts. Why not? I like it. No, I like um, it. And of course, as I mentioned on there before, I used to go to to uni in Liverpool, so I'm very well versed on the nightlife there. Got a couple of mates who still live in the area, and a couple of mates who. Che- that was the first bit was actually all right, and then after that you sound like Deirdre Barlow. It was terrible. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know we we we'd already planned it. The game didn't happen, but I was already straight up the uh, the the uh, M6. Straight on up the, the what? <laughs> I realised as soon as I said Crikey. that. <laughs> Minute forty-five. No comments. Wowza. Um, yeah, you know what? The head was struggling I Saturday morning. Saturday morning more than anything. Going. To be honest. Keep, keep, keep digging here. Uh, both nights were heavy, but Saturday, Friday night into Saturday morning was. Mm-hmm. What was the uh, what was the alcoholic beverage of choice? Um, there was, was a lot mixed, of. Was it? Were you mixing a lot? You were mixing. Yeah, were mixer, I mean, it started you? off on the beers. Um, mm. That very quickly turned into several tequila shots. Oh no! Which very quickly turned into gin and lemonades. Oh no! Um, but it was a great night. I mean, when one of my pals was. Falling asleep, stood you've been, up. You've been told it was a great night. You've got no recollection <laughs> of it. No, to be fair, I, was, I wasn't too bad until the, getting in the taxi on the way home. I was uh, dizzy, let's put it that way. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, you're making me sound like such a, an unprofessional... I mean, you, you're man. borderline alcoholic, but there's, there's nothing wrong wow. with that. I mean, I've you know I've worked with Spears for I was just about to say years, you used so to it, aren't you? It's... You know, I thought we went out a little bit. I've definitely started um, um, drinking a little bit more since, um, since in, in the last year, which is probably actually coincidentally when you started working for the um, um, on the old Wolves gigs. I don't know what that's got to say about you or me, really. But um, but no, I'm glad I'm glad you're enjoying it, mate. I'm glad you're you're um, embracing it. Did was did you see it? Were you noticed out there? Were you noticed in the old Liverpool? No. Were you no, like Liam Keane walking to the bar? Well, no, no, I know I'm a big name these days, but uh, <laughs> but sadly not. Sadly not. Uh, uh, I mean, to be fair, a couple of people I was with are more likely to be recognised than me because a couple of them worked for the for the Echo. So uh, Echo. Oh, was it a Juno gig? Was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't just. Uh, well, I mean, obviously because of my course, I, a few people I know put that were on my course uh, back in the day. But um, no, only a couple of them still work in the industry, and one of them was was at the Echo. So uh, she was more likely to be recognised than me, to be honest. Um, probably getting abuse, to be honest. Uh, the way that uh, <laughs> the way that it works with with her role, bless her. She does like a a night reporting gig and goes out to all sorts of crime and yeah, it's 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 dangerous. It's a dangerous game. I've got the fluffy gig. I you know just sitting and watching football. 
Yeah, you can't beat that, mate. You can't beat that. By the way, I, um, there could be an interruption during this podcast. I've just realised um, I've got um, one of those, what is it, D- DPD or whatever they are, um, deliveries coming. And Alana's away now on um, for three weeks. So I've had the house myself for a week. She's got two more weeks away, um, me and the dog. So the dog's going to go barming when this this thing's supposed to be coming in about 20 minutes. So um, I have some kind of handbag. She's... Obviously got a fetish for Louis Vuitton, which is great. I mean, I could have <laughs> preferred she had a fetish for Primark, but it's not. And uh, one of her bags was frayed. Long story short, they just said, oh, here's a new one, so we'll deliver it to you. So I've got that coming in a little bit. So I might have to I might have to leave you to talk into the um, into the stratosphere, if that's okay, for about about a minute, a minute and a half. Um, you've been... Um, so you're doing that, and I'm literally sat at home watching, watching TV, and... I was thinking about this the other day because I've watched quite a lot of shows recently. Garbage shows, but what is a TV show for you, Kino, that you think, you know, that's absolute rubbish, but you actually quite like but don't want to admit? Um, the only one that's... I don't watch a lot of TV, so the only thing that springs to mind is, I'm ashamed to say that I do, mm. when it is on, I indulge a little bit in Love Island. Ah, I do, really? I do, and that and that fits that mold perfectly. It's absolute rubbish. Terrible. I mean, I never watched an episode. I'll be honest. But I kind of, I kind of, you kind of get into the drama a little bit, and particularly oh. when Rosie's watching it as well. So I end up sitting and watching it anyway. So, yeah. oh no, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I can't get into. It. I can't do that. I know the walls, the walls guys like it, don't they? I'm glad it's over. Yeah, but it'll be back. Know. It'll be back quickly. But I'm it'll glad be it's back. Over. Would you get yourself on there, Kino, with your body, your temple? I mean, I think I'd clean up, mate. I think I'd do well. Really. <laughs> No chance. <laughs> no, the amount of beer I consume is not going to. It's not possible, I'm afraid. See, I, you're you're watching that. I, I tell you what, I don't mind, and this is probably terrible for me. I've got things like, have you ever watched A Place in the Sun? I have, but not out of choice. My mother, a little, little bit of big property programs, property viewing uh, <sighs> abroad. Can't knock it. I, I do enjoy that, and also. There's a pl- there's a thing on Channel Four called Four in a Bed. Have you ever watched that? No, I have seen it before. And when they all kick off at the end, it's brilliant. Uh, I'm not talking about me five years ago either. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> Six. Um, no, yeah, they all kick off. Yeah, it's like it's like B and B owners going to each other's uh, houses. Oh mate, it's absolutely addictive TV. I watched like two two series worth in about a weekend. I thought it was it was superb. <laughs> You're living the dream, mate. Oh, I'm living. Alana's the dream. away, and all of a sudden you've dropped a new lows. I know, mate. I know it's, it's not good. I need to go. Um, I'm just trying to say, you're, you're away, aren't you, next weekend? Set international break for the weekend. I'm away as well. But we can squeeze a podcast in next week, can't we, early next week? Uh, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, I've only, I'm only away the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'll be to my sister's wedding, which would be very exciting. Um, so, yeah, of course, of course we can. We'll squeeze one in. 10,654 of you listened to our podcast last week. How Ooh. crazy is that? That's... That's double that we're at Albion last night. <laughs> God, they're so bad as well. Oh, it's so it's hilarious. Funny. It's so funny. Agent Ruddy at the double as well. Oh, it was all great. It's so it's so funny. Goodness me. Um, right, should we talk about some wolves? Let's do it. Okay, so it's been um, look. Wolves didn't. Wolves. Diego Costa was was signed, sealed, and delivered, as everybody knows, a, a lot a lot earlier than than the Monday announcement. But of course, uh, they had to delay it. Wolves. Um, uh, because of the events over the weekend. But look, uh, what a video, by the way, with uh, three live wolves. Uh, Diego Costa saying he was scared of the wolves. Imagine how the wolves were feeling with Diego <laughs> Costa handling them. Goodness me. But uh, another fantastic video, great unveiling. Um, 
And it's it's bizarre, isn't it? You see all these pictures of him and, and smiling and in training and, and, and laughing and doing all these medical tests. And I still, you know, I put a gallery together yesterday. I'm still pinching myself to see Diego Costa in Wolves gear. It, it's bizarre. And, and, and look, let's be honest, from where they were a week and a half ago, it's brilliant, isn't it? I think it's fantastic. I mean, like, literally... You know, twenty minutes before we started recording this podcast, I was scrolling through the uh, the squad on the Wolves website. Mm. Get down to the forwards and see Diego Costa head and shoulders in a Wolves shirt. Yeah, it's still really bizarre to look it at. It is because uh, he is such a name, and we all remember watching him back in 2014, 15 uh, season up until the uh, the seventeen season when he when he left Chelsea. And um, I mean, he was an absolute menace then, wasn't he? And, and look, we know that it's going to be a different style a different type of player from them because of you know age weathers as all as you well know uh but wow. he's <laughs> that's shocking isn't it yeah, but um but it, it's really bizarre seeing him in a wolf shirt and it is you know whether he actually does anything for wolves is one question but there's it will be certainly exciting and entertaining and just get the popcorn ready because he's something's going to happen with him regardless well let's be honest wolf strikers haven't co- covered themselves in glory for Two, two and a bit years now. For me, yes, okay, age, and let's see what he's like. But I think his role. If I, if I'm, if I'm Bruno, and I know that this guy is a born goal scorer, I don't think he has to really move across the pitch. For me, like he's not going to have to be sprinting back and covering. You know, get yourself in the box, stay there, wait for the ball to come. And if you know where the back of the net is, a lot of them don't. Um, you need a finisher, um, and, and Wolves haven't got a finisher. So for me, it could be, it could be. A match made in heaven. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the only thing we'll probably see him defensively is set pieces. We know, set that, pieces yeah. we know that Bruno is very keen, as most managers are, on getting their sort of big, strong forwards back in to, to help the defence in those situations. Aside from that, and it'd be interesting how he keeps up with uh, you know Pedence and Neto and Guedes on a, on a counter-attack after a set piece. But um, other than that, just stick him in the six-yard box. That's what he's there for. Um and I think tactically, this really could suit Wolves. Um, I was talking, uh, I think, to you actually the, the other day about, about Raul Jimenez and some of the runs he's making. And, and if you watch particularly that Bournemouth one we were talking about, the chance that he had and he made the wrong run, a lot of his runs are very similar to the 2019 Raul Jimenez when Troyore's hanging crosses up to the far post and he's getting on the end of them. Now, he's not running in between defenders. He's not occupy, occupying the, the shoulder of the last man. He's not occupying the space in between the defenders as well um, which is something that Raul needs to start doing but in the meantime once Diego Costa is ready to play which of course might take a couple of weeks or so he did say two or three weeks himself in his quotes um, you'd imagine that's what he'll be perfectly adept at doing so it could stylistically work really well um, equally he might be miles off the pace so we need, we need to we need to wait and see really how he how he gets on and I think he does need a bit of time as well but purely from a style point of view and what Bruno wants from the strike and what he wants to do Diego Costa has got that sort of predatory instinct as a striker to get into the right positions and if he does that the players around him are more than capable of supplementing him with the right kind of crosses and balls so you know it's it's got the potential for a match made in heaven um, it's just whether Diego Costa is more angel or devil uh, in this scenario and it, sometimes he plays both characters quite well um, I think this should be a side show I and mean, we could probably do another podcast on this uh, Diego Costa explores Wolverhampton because <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant just you know 
this this iconic striker just just bumbling around Wolverhampton taking pictures and and dodgy videos of, of you know random stuff. He was at the food market the other day. The Insta Live wasn't he? Insta Live, it's great. Brilliant. You know, what I mean, you can't believe it. Like like, who could have even thought that? You know, that's like a a ten million to one shot. If you asked me two weeks ago. You know, then all of a sudden Diego Costa's taking Instagram lives down Wolves Wolves Food Market. I mean, it's just brilliant and bizarre and sensational all at the same time. I actually saw a video yesterday of um, Erling Haaland walking through Manchester, totally on his own, just walking through the streets, and people are just you know gobsmacked. Yeah. Um, no offense, to Diego Costa. Right now, he's obviously you know for obvious reasons not a, a bigger name as uh, as Haaland, but. Just seeing him walking around Wolverhampton is bizarre. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And fair play to him because it, you know, you can read into it too much. But if I'm going to, you know, indulge in that a little bit, I think it it shows that he's, um, you know, embracing this move. And, and from reading the quotes and, and, and seeing um, everything around his his unveiling, he seems very motivated to, to come back to the Premier League and, and show what he can do. So I think that can only help, only help Wolves and hopefully help him and, um, if if he can you know raise his stock a little bit after where he's been in the last sort of eighteen months or so, uh, and how wolves at the same time, then then why the hell not? Um, where does Diego Costa fit into this side? Do you think, Liam? Like, look, we're going to probably get an update on Raúl, and well, we will get an update on Raúl tomorrow and Diego Costa's fitness and see where he is. But let's say, for instance, a fully fit Diego Costa is up to speed. I'm not saying he is tomorrow uh, for the weekend he's not going to be. It'll be after the international break, I'm sure when he's when he's when he's getting more up to speed. But let's say there's a fully fit Diego Costa, let's say there's a fully fit Raul Jimenez. Who is Diego Costa back up to Raul Jimenez? Is he challenging Raul Jimenez? Is he does he does he start as as Sasha did uh, and get the nod ahead of Raul Jimenez? Uh I think it's very hard to see him getting the nod for Saturday. Um, no, not this Saturday. Yeah, no. I'm talking uh, yeah. about fully fit ones. I'm talking. I'm talking in theory, international break wise. After it, let's say both are right up to speed. Does Raúl start? Or does Diego Costa start? Has, has Diego Costa been brought in to back up Raúl or to challenge or to to be ahead like like Sasha got that nod? Um, you know, before before he went down with that injury. I think a lot of it massively depends on on Raúl and his form. Um, if he finds form, I think he every day of the week starts ahead of him um, but context is it's king you know if, if there's a, a midweek game Raul's played 90 minutes on a Saturday or a Sunday they're playing Tuesday or Wednesday whatever it might be I think Diego Costa comes in so uh, he definitely starts games this season I, I see that without a doubt he'll start some games <laughs> I'm going to be very vague when I say some games because I don't think it'll be many but I do think he will start some uh, I think for the majority of his Wolves career, or at least this year, is going to be uh, very much backup. But, you know, if Raul is still struggling in a month's time, Diego Costa has had a few sub-appearances, has maybe got the odd goal. You know, I can see him getting certainly a run in the side, but I don't see that lasting 10 games, let's say. I say I see it lasting two, three games, if that, and Raul comes back in and and hopefully that competition's going to sort of fire him up. And, um, and then also, you know, the time on the training field in, in terms of what they're trying to get Raul to do, which is those runs that I've just spoken about. So uh, a very much backup, I would say, but you can see Diego starting games and uh, you've already mentioned it previously in the podcast or in other podcasts about the Chelsea game coming up. It's got Diego Costa written all over it, whether from the start or from the bench. 100%. Um, look, he's 33, 34, coming, 34 approaching. He's, he's just turns 34, I think, pretty soon, doesn't he? But... Um, 
let's say in theory, Diego Costa comes in, he stays fit, which is the first thing, and very important, he's got to get fit first, and then stay fit for the majority of the season. Let's say he scores, bearing in mind that Raul Jimenez was the top scorer last season with six. Let's say Diego Costa scores seven goals this season and stays fit and is a very useful asset for Wolves. Could you see a scenario and, and blends in well and enjoys his football and wants to continue? Could you see a scenario with Fabio Silva returning, um, with question marks over Raul, with, of course, you know, Sasha being down and hopefully will be ready for, you know, next season and, and fully fit, but there's no guarantees because you don't know how, you know, how his rehabilitation is going to be, that, that he could be playing for maybe another year of, of, this, of this contract. It's on a one-year deal, but that, that they could, you know, if everything works well and all goes according to plan, that he could, be, he could be signed on for another year after this if it works for all parties. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, all those things have to come together, as you just said. A massive part of that is going to be, as you, I think you just said as well, as Sasha's, you know, his rehabilitation, how he comes back. Because if he comes back, Raul is still there. Fabio comes back from, from loan. Three strikers is probably enough, uh, particularly for the system they're playing. Um, and I think three is actually quite a good number. You know, you could argue that, you know, bringing Diego Costa in would have been nice alongside Sasha still being available. But, you know, regardless of that, I think three would be a good number. Unless they're going to massively change system again, I don't see them having four strikers. So costs are probably forced by the wayside there. So it, it depends on that um, mm. very much. So unless you give Fabio another loan, but I can see if he fits in well, he's got you know a lot of Portuguese speaking. He also speaks Spanish as well. Um, you know, uh, people that I, I've been told his English is sort of enough to get by, but not exceptional. But um, he'll he'll fit in well with the sort of you know the the atmosphere and scenario there with the the players and, and manager that, that Wolves yeah. have got. And if he gets a few goals, I, I don't see why not. Wolves, as you rightly say, I've been lacking goals for two seasons now if if not more six was the uh, the record last year five the season before um if he gets seven it <laughs> beats both those years yeah, you, you exactly. know you, you can't really argue with it so um uh, yeah i can see a world where he definitely stays for another year you've got to remember as well modern football it's, it's, it's as soon as i'm talking isn't it, keep, love keep it. Talking. the ups guys here i told you keep going you keep <laughs> going UPS, and I'll, DPD go, I'll go get this new louis vuitton back no problem it better be nice um You've got to remember as well that modern football and how long the players are playing for now. It used to be the case that the goalkeepers were were the players that played a lot longer into perhaps mid to late thirties back in the day, uh, which would have been you know old at the time. Um, players these days, Ronaldo, Ibrahimovic, you know, you're pushing forty, and they're still playing at the top level. Gianmartino, thirty six. Uh, has he turned? Yeah, no, he turned thirty six the other day. Um, Still playing at the top level, starting virtually every single week, has uh, been absolutely superb. So uh, players do play longer. Outfield players do play longer these days at the top level, um, just with I suppose modern medicine and the way things the way things evolve technology wise. And uh, I can see Costa potentially doing that. Um, he's at the, the right age to be able to do that. He's at the same age as Aubameyang at the moment. It's possible, but of course he is coming from a. Uh, not quite as strong league, I'll put it that way. That's a diplomatic way of putting it. And um, hasn't played for eight, nine months. So uh, time will tell, but he's got the capabilities of playing longer if he can keep himself fit. Get fit first, stay fit, and and hopefully do a job for Wolves. I'm back, I'm back. Um, Don Fabio, absolutely killing it. As we've said every week, we seem to be saying every week, 
How interesting! Like, look, look, Fabio, Fabio Silva is obviously going to come back. He's going to be back, and he's going to be hopefully firing all cylinders for Wolves. Just, just um, this is completely theoretical, um, and he's not going anywhere. But what's Fabio Silva's market value now? Do you think? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think we had this debate with someone else recently as well because obviously Wolves played a very inflated thirty-five million. From everyone knows mm. that that was, you know, a very big fee for the player at the time. And I think after two seasons with Wolves, I think you could probably maybe sell him for f- five million or so. I mean, his mm-hmm. age would have perhaps inflated it slightly more, but you know he hadn't done much really for two Someone's years. Someone's going to take a chance on him, really, yeah, exactly. More, so more than oh, get, um, get him. He's now, albeit look, the you know the Belgian league is um, physical and it's and it, and it is difficult in its own right, but in comparison to the Premier League, of course, is is comparatively weak. Um, he is also playing uh, Europa Conference League, I believe it is, isn't it? Um, football, which is which is good for him as well, of course. Um, but the goals he's scoring, the way he's playing, um, the physicality, how he's adapted, particularly you know talking about physicality, the way he looks at the moment, he looks mm. a lot, uh, filling out a lot more, he looks stronger. Um, I think you could definitely argue that he's a fifteen million pound player, mm. uh, at least maybe. So yeah. um, it shows how quickly. Things change, and if he comes back to Wolves and has, um, it doesn't even have to be, you know, and this would be top end, of course, but it doesn't even have to be a 15, 20 goal season. If he comes back in, scores seven, eight, nine, ten goals uh, across all competitions, mm-hmm. um, plays second fiddle in some respects to uh, Kalajic and, and, and Jimenez, uh, maybe Costa, mm-hmm. um, I think he, you know, the, the stock rises even more. And if the Wolves can keep that going year on year, with a player who's still very young, a player who's got a long contract, he becomes a very sellable asset, first of all, but a very valuable asset, and hopefully, from a footballing point of view, a key player uh, in, in the first team as well. Look, um, Raheem Jimenez has got competition, though. You know, you, you've got it. He's he's got to step up pretty sooner rather than later. You've got Sasha, of course, who's injured now, but was brought in and kind of got the nod ahead of him for that first game. You've got Diego Costa in there now. You've got Fabio Silva starting to score goals. He'll be hungry to come back and prove a point. Um, you can't have another season like last year, Raul Jimenez, can you? And look, it hasn't started offering well this year, but he needs to turn it around because we all talk about Raul Jimenez being here next year, but there's no guarantees about that. He's got to start pulling his stocks up and he's got to start you know, embracing being this main man and start scoring goals. Yeah, I think... Um... There's certain things that are slowly coming with him as well. I think it's fair to say he wasn't comfortable with the um, with the protective headgear at first. I mean, it, it was massive as well to start with, and it's you know as the technology has advanced and as they've sort of got used to his needs, I suppose it's it's developed and they've got a smaller one. He feels a lot more comfortable with that now, the, the small one that he wears, and and I think that's shown because um, he is challenging at least more in the air, which I don't think he was particularly before that. The style and the movement and what is needed from him in this system um, he's still not quite getting to grips with but I think and hope that he'll get there um, he's an intelligent player and a a very talented player who before he arrived at Wolves was really the second man was really the bench player at every other club at, at, mostly at Benfica, Atletico Madrid um, he arrived at Wolves was the main man had two excellent seasons of course, had the injury, and, and actually he started well that third season before the injury as well. We mustn't forget that. Um, and I think he he's taken a a knock, confidence and physically because of the 
the injury because of how devastating that was. It's going to take time for him to come back from that. What you worry is that he doesn't get back to the same levels purely because of the levels he was at before he came to Wolves. Um, he's got history of um, not being as good as he, as he was in those first few seasons, put it that way. So um, I've got full faith that he will come back, but maybe this kick up the backside with new players coming in and, and hopefully giving him some competition will help. And once it clicks for him in, in what Bruno wants him to do, once that clicks, the floodgates might open. But we've got, we've got to see it click first. That's the problem. Um, and I really hope he does it because you want him to do well. I think every Wolves fan wants him to do well because of what he's offered in the past, what he's been through recently as well. So, um, yeah, for him and his and obviously his young family, it'd be nice to see him you know, finding his mojo again. And I hope we get there. I think we'll get there. Last, uh, last word on Costa. And, of course, we'll probably be a lot clearer after the press conference on tomorrow, Bruno's press conference. So I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. But look, he's had. I don't think anyone expected him to to be involved against Liverpool. I think that would have been a, a stretch. Um, but he's had you know a week a week's training now, and he's done all his fitness tests, and he's out running, he's out in full first team training. Would it be crazy to suggest that we could see Diego Costa named on the bench against Manchester City and maybe come on for ten or fifteen minutes? Uh, I don't think it's crazy at all. No, mm. um, I, I just before this uh, recording been writing my uh, my preview, and I I predicted that he will he'll be on the bench. Mm. Um, now Bruno might say differently tomorrow, and then put him on the bench anyway. Sometimes he does that, but <laughs> but um, loves a swerve. Does that? Yeah, does sometimes. Bruno. Sometimes he, he's not guilty of it all the time, but okay, no. he has done it on you know a handful of occasions. Um, Doesn't but, you like it though, Kino? Do you when you see that team sheet and he's like. Oh, <laughs> he's spitting feathers, man. Yeah, he's, he's, he is quite clever with the way he does it sometimes. But I can see the benefit. You know, he's trying to get one up on the opposition. It's nothing to do with us. It's it's just uh, mind games, really. But um, I, I don't think it's crazy at all. No, look, he's had a bit of time. Uh, look, he hasn't had he's had eight or nine months without playing. But uh, I, you know, as far as I understand, he's been in the gym and keeping himself fit. It's not the same as training and playing Premier League football, but it's better than nothing. Um, I can see a world where he does come in, um, but it's very 50-50 because I could equally see a world where after Collage's injury, they're desperate not to put him at any risk and keep him out uh, for a game or two um, in, until he's 100% ready. But, you know, coming off the bench, 10-15 at home against... 1-0 best, down best or 1-1. No, exactly. You can, you can imagine Molyneux just going crazy yeah. for him, you know. 100% lifts the crowd. So I, I can see that. Definitely playing to Wolves' advantage by how, even just naming on the bench and not exactly. playing him, I yeah, think yeah, it plays yeah, to Wolves' advantage. So, um, yeah, I, I can see him making it, but we'll we'll hear more from Bruno. We'll see what he says. Okay, good stuff. Um, I think we've um, gone into that and uh, a lot, lot longer than I thought, but look, it's great. There's not an, often you get to talk about Diego Costa, so fully embrace it. Uh, one uh, player who, who won't be coming to Wolves... Um, at this moment in time, is Jason Denea. Do you want to uh, let us know about, about that situation, please, Liam? Because obviously he was another one free agent target who was looked at um, after missing out on on Craig Dawson at West Ham. So what's, uh, what's the situation with him and the centre-backs as it stands? Yeah, so obviously they were very keen to bring in a, a centre-back and, and Dawson was really the the priority. And, and, and as we know, it was it was pretty much ready to go until until West Ham pulled the plug. Um, Denea was a player they, they, you know, they were... Keen on, and they, and they and they looked at. They offered a deal to. Um, they weren't able to come to to agreement. Uh, money being the issue, as far as I believe, 
um, they weren't able to come to an agreement and uh, I was I was told this week that, that Wolves have essentially moved on from that now. Um, you'd imagine that maybe Diego Costa coming in may have may have had a say in this as well in terms of finances, but um, they've uh, they, they they've moved on from it. You know, Mosquera wasn't able to go out on loan um, on deadline day as planned because uh, the Dawson uh, deal didn't go through. So in terms of numbers, they're okay. Of course, we've had the the debate about about quality. I think that's a fair a fair one to have, but. Numbers-wise, um, they're happy with their options, and the the big, you know, pull and, and talking point here really with with this free agent uh, market now is that they in just well less than two months um, or around two months they'll stop for for the World Cup. Um, Wolves are quite happy now to to get through till that break, which then takes us through to Boxing Day, and of course the January window opens just after that. They're happy to go through now without bringing a centre back in. Um, so Mosquera and, and Totti Gomez are going to be the backups. They'll they'll stay in and around it, and um, you'd imagine maybe get some minutes with the twenty ones at you know on occasion uh, to keep them fit. And, um, and and yeah, Wolves are going to sort of try and see it through. Uh, of course, they, you know, take a slight risk with injuries, but if they can see it through, then it, it probably turns out to be a pretty uh, smart move, and then they can they can reassess in in January. And I would imagine. That Dawson would be would be back on the uh, the wish list uh, in January, and certainly a defender if he's not possible to, to mm. come in. Um, so we talk about Diego Costa coming in and, and getting up to speed. Look, it's been now, especially with this break, and there's going to be another international break coming up after the Manchester City game. There's been quite a bit of time now for these newer players, like I say, Costa not included, to bed in the likes of. You know, Guedes, Nunes, Collins. You know these these big time first team players. I think I think to be fair, Collins has been sensational. But they've had six opening games, and whether you think they've been unlucky or they haven't, or they brought it upon themselves, um, six on on paper easy games to start the season compared to a lot of other schedules. They've got six points from there, and um, thankfully after after being. Southampton, they're up to 14th in the table. But they've got a tricky run coming up. They've got Man City, they've got West Ham, they've got Chelsea, then Forest at home, followed by Palace away. Um, Liam, when when is the time to stop saying, OK, well, look, these, these guys need time under the new system to get used to things and start to say, OK, well, we need to expect a little bit more now. Uh, I'm not just saying about the newer players. I'm, just, I'm, I'm talking about some of the players who are already established and have been at Wolves for two to three years as well. Um, because they've got this difficult, of course, you can get difficult games coming up and they start now. I guess what I'm getting at is, look, I don't think many people will give them much of a chance against Man City. Um, West Ham will be underdogs going to that game away at West Ham. There will be underdogs, of course, going to Chelsea and away at Chelsea. Um, but for me, you, you, you can't, you've got to start performing and you can't use, okay, these these teams were... We were underdogs going into the game. You've got to start getting results now. And because you haven't got them in those first six games against, in inverted commas, easier opposition, by no means now can you go, well, you know, difficult games, but we've got a decent run coming up. That's kind of out the window for me. You know, you've got a squad, you, you've built a squad, you've built a first team that really is top seven team. It's a top seven team in the Premier League. And I need, I need to see more from Wolves in these next three games. Not after that. In these next three games, and I'm not just talking about performances. Oh, they played well, but they didn't get anything. I'm talking about getting a result and getting a win against one of these sides, whether it's Man City or Chelsea 
or, or West Ham. They're not going to win all three. Of course they're not going to. But there's no reason for me why they shouldn't be. And Wolves fans should not be expecting them to go at least... You know, get a win and potentially a draw against against two. You know, in two of these these three fixtures. Yeah, I think you definitely need to see more for sure. If they um, want to do something this season, Liam, yeah. is what you know. If they don't, if they're happy with mid table, if happy with twelfth because you know they were looking over the shoulders before and they hadn't got then, then that's a different story. But for me, and I've said before, you're going to have this squad once in a season. Probably once in a lifetime. I can't see Ruben Neves and Pedro Neto and these players all being here next season. There will be sales, of course, as there always is every summer. So you're going to have the crux of this squad for one season and one season only. So is your is your ambition, is your aim to, to be pushing for European football? Is your aim to be mid-table, safe, and let's go for the cup competitions? Or is it to be, you know, to, to just rest on your laurels and, and let's let's build for next season? If it's the if it's any of the two former ones that I've said, then for me they've got to start performing. They've got to start performing quickly. If you, if you ask Bruno this question, he's been speaking about it recently as well, he'll say judge us by essentially the break in November and he, he doesn't mean start judging them then he means judge them on the accumulative results they've had up until that break um, for me that's pr- I can see where he's coming from because obviously the, the six week break is quite you know comprehensive in terms of the season but for me this run in October leading up until the Leicester game on mm-hmm. Sunday the 23rd mm-hmm. um and in, and including that Leicester game, um, yeah. that for me is a big telltale sign of where they're going to be this Agreed. season. I think shapes um, the season for me. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, of course, the fixtures that, that you just mentioned going into these next three, of course, are very difficult. They need to show something. Completely agree with you. The fixtures they've got after that, albeit you know tight schedules, Tuesday nights at Palace, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Palace, Forest, I think Brighton's in there somewhere, maybe end of the month as well. Um, but then the Leicester game, twenty third, as I mentioned. Up until including that Leicester game um, and potentially the, the the last weekend of the that month as well, um, will be very telling. I think of where Wolves are going to be, um, and and Bruno's been talking about wanting time and patience, and when he says that, he means for these players to get ready for the new uh, or to get used to rather the new system, particularly the new players coming in. And if you and he'll make this point time and again, which I think is a fair one of look at the team that started pre-season or the squad that started pre-season rather and the squad that has finished it. There's been a lot of changes, ins and outs. Um, so I think back end of October gives them enough time now. These are top-class Premier League professional footballers who are not stupid, are very athletic and need time, definitely. But they, at that time, only goes so far. So that back end of October for me is more than enough time, I think, to begin to start judging them from what they've done up until that point. And if they're not in... A, I don't want to put necessarily a number on it, but you have to be in a fairly comfortable position. Um, then they can still do something this season. If they're still struggling for wins, I wouldn't say wins and goals because you know goals would be great, but results are paramount. Look what they did last season; they should have got Europe and they scored thirty-eight and thirty-eight. Um, but if they get at least one of the two and ideally results, then they can do something this season. Their squad is, as you say, more than good enough to be. For me, at least top eight or nine, but probably seven, as you say. The squad is is filled with talent. You could argue, numbers-wise, maybe needs one or two, particularly centre-back. But otherwise, you know, a very, very good team that now needs to start delivering. Yeah, and look, despite their disappointing start, the three points away from seventh, you know. Now, 
I'm not saying that um, that that's going to be the case, you know, throughout the season. But if they can get a couple of wins or get, you know, three out of the next five or whatever, they will. You'll jump up that table pretty quickly, and all of a sudden, you know, things things look a lot a lot rosier. You you lose the next two or three, and you're going to be in the bottom three. You know, that's that's absolutely certain. So the it's been. It's been an interesting start to the season. A lot of teams are getting beat. A lot of teams are picking up points. But the quality will come through in the end. Um, and what you don't want to be is adrift or nowhere near that top seven come the November break. If you're within five, six points of it, not certain, you know, which, which is more than doable, then, you know, OK, well, let's, let's see how things go when you, when you return. But what you don't want to be is kicking around that bottom four, bottom five and, and miles off. And know that you're probably going to be safe, but... You know, there's no real excitement there. You can't even look towards the top, the top half of the table. That's not what you want to see. You need to see some kind of, um, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. And look, some some kind of uh, hope in the investment that Fosun have put. Fosun have spent a lot of money. They spent a lot of money. You got to give them credit. You know, they they obviously were there to be shot at at the start of the season. They've come up trumps. They've signed quality, quality players. You know, through Mendes, etc. And uh, and they should be putting a product now on the pitch that one is a pleasure to watch, but two can compete against the very best sides. Now Wolves have brought out, and we've seen the best of Wolves against the bigger sides, and maybe that's to do with some of the squad, maybe it's not. But they're, they're past now. This let's make it. Let, let's really give them a good game. Well done, Wolves. Okay, you just got beat one 0 against Liverpool. You just got beat, you know, by. By Man City or whatever, you know, you, you, you try great, but but fair play. I'm giving you a standing ovation when you walk off, even though you haven't got a point. No, not not for me anymore. Now you've put a squad together, Fosun have backed you. Now it's up to Bruno, it's up to the players to start showing what they can do and start picking up points or point again in in some of these games. Interestingly, on that point with the uh, the Man City game, is that it in some ways probably comes a little bit early in Wolves's evolution and what they're trying to do this season um, but it, what will be an interesting factor is, is the difference between the performance and result on Saturday in comparison to the 5-1 in May at, at Molyneux against Man City um, there needs to be a big change in that, in, that, in that performance and result yes De Bruyne that day was ridiculous but Wolves were not very good either so um, there has to be a, there has to be a big difference there and I think that is in some ways going to be a, a bit of a marker as well as to as to where they've come albeit as I say it probably comes a little bit early in their evolution but still they have to start to show something I, I completely agree with you um, I think I don't think for me Bruno was under you know an immense amount of pressure having not won up until the Southampton game I still think, well, I mean, it was obviously the case after beating Southampton as well because, you know, he's picked up the, the first win. Um, but it's where he starts to earn his money now because last season the squad was, for the most part, not his squad. It was mm-hmm. Nuno's squad, Nuno's system, trying to play a different style of football but still being very reliant on the strong defensive base. He's now transformed the squad ins and outs, he's got rid of a lot of the old guard. He's changed the style, the formation. Everything is now in his vision, in his mould. And as you've just said, he's been backed in the transfer market. It's now time for him to make to earn his money and put it together. Um, and I think the manager he is, the character he is, the obsessive detail he goes into, um, I think Wolves are in very good hands. And I think they have got more than a good chance 
of making a very successful season of it. The, what you don't want to be be doing is being left behind early on because of they're still going through the gears and still working it out. That takes a certain amount of time. I think they, they've gone through a lot of that now. But as I say, the, the October for me is going to be very telling as to where Wolves are going to be. And they have to pick up results. And if they do, they're going to have a very good season, I predict. If they don't, it's going to be not bad, but pretty mediocre. And that's mm-hmm. probably about as good as it's going to get. Do you know what you think would be mediocre, but actually turns out incredible, Kino? Talk to me. So, have you heard of have you heard of um, well, we call it eggplants in America, but aubergine. Have you ever used an aubergine before? Um, I'm aware of what they are, but I've okay. never eaten one them, or cooked them. You've used them as one. an emoji many times. I know I get them from you all the time. I, have, well, I really mean, once or twice. Once or twice. <laughs> Shocking. So, so you get a sharp knife. You cut. You cut the aubergine. You cut them into into slices, into circles. Yeah, thinnish circles, not too thin, but but thinnish. Okay. So I'm talking to you because obviously I'm cooking myself now. Alana's away. So, so you cook them in and you get a couple of aubergines, which, by the way, are incredibly low in calorie. Incredibly low in calorie. So you put them in, you, you cut them into kind of like spheres. You put them into a big dish. Add some soy sauce in there. Drizzle a little bit of honey and a little bit of olive oil. Only a little bit. Mix it all together. Do you know what I do then? This is, this is a straight up legit recipe, by the way. Um, I then put it into my kettle and toaster man air fryer. Leave it for 10 minutes, Kino. Do you know what comes out? It's a work of art. It's glorious. Is it like a crisp? It's a crisp, it's a crispy, oh. sweet, sour, small little finger bite of absolute deliciousness. Just imagine chomping away on what you think is probably, like you say, a crisp, but it's actually aubergine and it tastes so delicious. And it's so low in calorie that it's just an absolute no-brainer. It's addictive. Addictive. <laughs> amazing? Does it sound amazing to you? We eat very differently. Oh, but... mate, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> but um, but I, air fries, I, mate. Air I fries. am still Can... without my air fryer. I, oh, need, to, I need to be hooked up. They oh. are an absolute... No, they're, they're a joy. They're a, they're absolutely superb. I love them, and it, it's about two months now without one, so I need to be hooked up. They are the healthier way to cook, and obviously, of course, more economical on the energy usage. Uh, you know, sa- saves on electricity. It's it's a no-brainer for me. Um, and look, you've got some great ones at Kettle and Toaster Man. I'm flicking through some of them now. I mean, you know, you can get an air fryer for if you need to, twenty-five quid, twenty-five of your English pounds. You're on that a minute at the ENS, a minute. Easy. So you, you know, you've just ordered, you've, you've just got yourself five air fryers there in, in, in this little this little segment. Deu, 45 quid. If you want a really, you know, deluxe one, you can get a dual one at 90 quid. But um, fantastic stock. And uh, like I say, kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. They've just taken delivery of over one million pounds. One, one second, I need to put my finger to my mouth. Million pounds <laughs> of, of new sock uh, stock. Um, Kettle and Toast, a man known as a graded product specialist, but um, also they've got new products too. It's not just used products, it's not just second hand, it's new products as well. New stock in a range of products such as kettles, toasters, vacuums, microwaves, and more from suppliers such as Tower and Swan. So get yourself involved, Kettle and Toaster Man.co. 
dot uk honestly mate that, that recipe is absolute gold by the well, way well once i get hooked gold. up with my air fryer i'll give it a go why is it, why does why do you have to get freebies all the time why do you have to ask for freebies you are on, always on the scrounge <laughs> no, i'm just talking no. about the dessert counter wall no, 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 media zone no, no. Um, i don't mean free i just mean i need to get one uh, okay well, you but if you're scrounge, not free, i'm not going to say no but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they genuinely though i absolutely love them I, it's been about two months without mine now and i need to get one because mine was clearly not as good quality as the uh, oh, no. Kevin Toaster Man, uh, the ones he sells, and I uh, within about I think it was ten or eleven months of having it, it broke. So uh, well, you see, we'll we'll get down there soon and um, and and we'll we'll sample some of the product to ourselves, hopefully. Um, also, mate, how about a Steve Bull signed England shirt? Now you're talking retro England shirt as well. None of this, you know, new rubbish. This is proper retro signed bully England shirt. Football prizes. .co.uk, that's the new lot, ends next Wednesday night. 99 tickets available. Already 30 have sold within six hours, so make sure that you get involved. Um, there's also a Steve Will sign and frame Wolves montage um, and a limited edition book. But there's 99 tickets, remember 10% off. With the code WolvesPoddy, get yourself involved. Footballprizes.co.uk. Okay, let's take some questions from the beautiful people. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, um... Rob Cartwright says, just saw a house decked out for Halloween. It's 15th of September, FFS. What does that mean? Um, for F's sake. Oh. I wouldn't dare swear on this podcast. Ah, come on. Um, I bet Mr. Halloween himself, Mr. Nathan Judah, can't condone that. I can't, Rob, I can't. Our Halloween decorations, and you know, I've been known to, to put a few up um, in my day. Uh, a few thousand. Um, start on October the 1st. So no, I can't do September the 15th. At the same time, I can't do... Um, I can't do Christmas tree before December the first. Apart from, apart from, I've got to, I've got to hold my hands up. I think during the pandemic, I might have started a couple of weeks early on the Christmas tree. But that's because there was nothing else going on or to do. I'm still not accepting that. I can't forgive you for that. It's ridiculous. Okay, okay sorry, uh, Reggie. How much <laughs> taller are you, Nathan Keener? Oh, here we go. Uh, do you think you could take down Mr. Liam Keenstar in a one v one? Depends on what the one v one is. If it's one v one on the mat. On the judo mat, I might need a, I might need a couple of sessions to, to get up to speed. I don't do um, judo. If it was a um, sorry, um, <laughs> you know, tai chi mat, shut up, uh, karate mat, and um, if it was um, look, if it was a one v one in a in a cricket net session, then you, Kino, you'd be in a lot of trouble. As, uh, as a couple yes. of as a couple of the batsmen be. were on on Sunday when I, I couldn't literally aim it properly and um, bowled a beam at people's heads probably about five or six times. It wasn't great. It's not been a great season for me with the old ball. I've got the old yips and uh, need to cure that over the off season to, for me to to do justice to myself and my teammates who I let down badly. Well, I've never played cricket before my life. Never watched a game. Not interested. So you definitely beat me at that without a doubt. Um, but I'm, I'm interested in what sort of joke you're going to throw in here about the height things. So let's, I'll give you the, the floor for your punchline. Go for it. I didn't. I wasn't even going to. I think you you were you were an average sized human being. I wasn't going to. I have agree. A go at all. I agree. I could not agree more. I'm six two, Gen- Rob. Oh, Reggie, sorry. I'm six two. Kino, you say you're close to six foot. I know. Um, I'll be one hundred percent honest. I would. Here we go. I, I, I obviously, if people are going to ask, I'll go six foot. I am five. You've tape measured yourself recently, haven't you? I, no, no. It's I, four I, and I a half I inches, isn't it? Not five. I am five eleven. I might be like five eleven and a little bit, but I'm five eleven basically. Um, I will. But, I will buy you. I will buy you a air fryer if I get a tape measurement and you are five foot eleven, Kino. Mate, I'm 100% 5'11", I'm not joking. Well, there you go then, you've got an air fryer then, haven't you? You've got nothing to worry about when I measure you and you're 5'8". <laughs> Mate, I was literally about to say this. From what the, all the stuff at the beginning of when I first took the Wolves job, all the stuff you were saying about me being 5'8", 
I'm, the, the first time, I can't remember who it was, someone met me for the first time having obviously listened to the podcast and they went, I expected you to be shorter. I was like, I'm 5'11". I'm Why do you think I'm 5'8"? It's weird. Uh, it's because I have to adjust the camera. I have to adjust the tripod every single... Uh, you know, I put it on my eye level and I forget that we've got to, we've got to move it down. So I've you got to got, crouch. You have got three inches on me. It's the only department you've, well, got, hey. three, it's the only department you've got three inches on me. But you do. So that's uh, that obviously that makes a difference on camera, obviously. Rosendo says, Nathan, just wanted to know. Um, well, that's you, Liam. Uh, Raul does not appear to be in the training videos with the team. Is he still injured? Haven't heard any news. I'm sure we'll get an update from Bruno tomorrow, Kino. But anything, anything that you would say about Brat um, Raul? Yeah, I mean, obviously we were told we were sort of led to believe it was it was fairly minuscule. I mean, after the game against Salamis, we were watching him uh, sort of walking around and he seemed sort of fine and happy. Uh, I I believe he went away to Mexico recently. I know the players had a, you know, a couple of days off, obviously with no game. Um, so I don't know whether that may have had a, an impact um, on him, maybe training slightly later. But uh, yeah, hopefully we'll you know find out more from more from Bruno on that, and hopefully he's not he's not uh, injured Correct. because Costa won't be starting. I'll be sure if Costa starts, I'll buy you an air fryer. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love that! I love that. Um, Gareth Hicks, do you think Wolves will need to adapt their style, or can Costa can 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 Costa play as a direct swap for Raúl? Um, yeah, no. I, I, as we were saying earlier, with the sort of style differences, I think it actually sort of suits Wolves probably better, to be honest. Um, until Raul is able to get into grips with what they want him to do, so um, I don't think Wolves need to change the style. They just need to continue as they are, and 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 hopefully the the strikers sort of adapt to, to what's needed of them. Yeah, um, fully fit Raul or fully fit Costa, who starts? I guess that's dependent on Raul, isn't it? And and the form that he's going through. Would you say, Liam, unless you unless you disagree with me, that if if Raul is fully fit and firing, then he would start ahead of Diego Costa? Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, uh, yeah, form's definitely a factor in that. But for me, yeah, I think so. Paul Mansell, uh, kind of discussed this as well. When it comes to playing the top two, what do you think? Um, what do you think of the term "free hit"? It's often used phrase, but I'm not sure how accurate or helpful it is. And and kind of said in the last five minutes. Liam, that um, I think that's kind of out the door now to to a certain extent, and they need to show more. They need to start picking up points, not just having good good performances against the big hitters or so-called big hitters. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, we all know how strong City are. I mean, they're, they're a ridiculous outfit, but uh, yeah, I think Wolves have to, um, in some ways, maybe have a little bit more respect for themselves and what they can do. Um, not saying that Wolves, you know, see it as a free hit. I mean, really, our perception of it. Um, and um, and not treat it as such. Treat it as a game to go and get a result. Look, if Villa can get a draw with them, anyone can can get a result. Um, a few people, Vargas, Jared, Kelsey, saying, you know, no, don't don't talk rubbish. Uh, dear Costa, we know we're near the match day squad on on Saturday. It'll be after the international break. Look, it, it might be an international break, but I think there is a chance, like you say, even if he doesn't come on, Keener, that we'll see Diego Costa potentially involved in the match day squad on Saturday. Yeah, I, th- I think so. It's definitely a, a possibility. It's um, I-, I see it very much as a fifty-fifty, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so I-, I would like to see it. We'll see, well, yeah, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Uh, ben Curtis, opinions on the North-South All-Star game and where the Midlands would fit in. All the pundits seem to forget we exist. I mean, Carabao Cup can't even make their mind up whether we're North or South anyway in their regionals, can they? So um, God knows in, a, in an All-Star game. What do you think of an All-Star game, Keno? Load of absolute tosh. Oh, load of come rubbish, on, man. Load of come rubbish. On. However, if it was on, I tell you what, it's a load of I'd tosh. Watch it. Give me. Well, of course you're going to do that. And you talk about oh, well, players not releasing themselves for, for you know, um, 
injuries, etc. I mean, look, this happens all the time. I, I get the whole American thing, and you don't get the Americanized, and there's the All-Star games, but don't give me that it won't be a competitive game, it won't be trying. Flipping hell, has anyone watched the Charity Shield in the last 10 years? It's one of the worst games ever to watch. It's awful. It's absolutely dreadful. You're just watching it because you've been... You've been starved of football over the over the summer months, but good God, is a dreadful game to watch. Look, it would need some tweaking, but I don't I don't kind of see why everybody's so offended by it. You know, you got you know you have some competitions or some skill competitions over the weeks. You know, you get people with some great content, you get some free kit competitions, or I don't know, like you don't have to have it as like an all star game where everybody's going gung ho. But I don't see I don't see why people are going so crazy about it. Because our game has been stolen from us. Oh, we, shut <laughs> up. I'm joking, Come I'm joking. On, no, I just, I don't know, man. It's like, it's like, it just rubs me up the wrong way. I don't know, I just don't like, like the idea of it. And then I see like the bloody Todd Bowley apparently talking about four four threes and having 12 men on the field. And saw a video of him talking about uh, how... Mm, I feel like that might have been leaked a little bit, to be uh, honest. Uh, uh, I, this one, this one definitely wasn't leaked because I saw the video of him saying it where he was talking about De Bruyne and Salah coming through the Chelsea Academy. I was like, I mean, come on, man. It's like, I mean, come on. Do your bloody research. Um, yeah, I, I, and you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Jesse Marsh. Um, well, no. So, well, that's we know different, what it is. That's a different subject altogether. I mean, that's not because of his nationality. That's because he's a prat. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, let's hope he doesn't get the Wolves job in the next few years. Everybody will be literally saving this now and replying yeah. to Jesse Marsh. Oh well, um, job. So yeah, I, I just that's not not a, not really a fan of the idea. However, if it was on, I would obviously watch it. So I'm, I'm, I'm a hypocrite, to be honest. Um, yes, you are. Have you any um, links, Wolf? Have you got any, any been? Anyone trying to work out when the rearranged Liverpool fixture will be? What will be your best guess? I think I did read somewhere that it's more likely to be next year, so January. Onwards. Yes, it will be. Uh, yeah, yeah so, so I, I don't. Yeah, it's not going to be anytime soon. Another trip to Liverpool. Oh God! No, that'll be midweek. So there won't be any alcohol involved. I'm afraid. That's, that's a lie. That's a no, lie. No, 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 that's one hundred percent. Staying over, you'll be straight out. No, 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 no chance. No chance. I can't. I can't do that to myself. Um, Ronan Gibbon says where would you rank our midfield against the rest of the league I personally think it's top four I, I don't think you can say top four at the moment Ronan to be honest because they've got to start doing something for me yeah that's fair um, I think it's definitely top Never six Neves aside you know I think who's been absolutely brilliant I'm not saying that he, I think he's definitely top four but the rest of the people around him it depends whether you're whether you're, you know bringing the wide men into that or you're just having Jean Moutinho and Nunes as a, as a three but uh, for me these, these guys have got to do a bit more um, collectively yeah, definitely, but I think it's easily top six. Uh, who would win in a fight between Diego and Adama Traore? Says Supergram. Um, it, it, you know, it's a good question. I think um, I think in their question, if I'm right, they do make the distinction that uh, Co- uh, Costa's got the the fire, let's say, and uh, Traore's got the muscle. Um, I think Traore's probably too nice to be to be scrapping. Mm. So I think I think Costa would run run, run through. I think it'd be too easy. Um, garden or mushy peas, says Mike. Not even a debate because I don't like garden peas. Oh really? I love mushy peas because they put all the extra additives in there that make them taste nice. <laughs> mm. See, I, I I've got time for both. To be honest, they've both got they've both got um, times on my plate. I'm having a lot of garden peas recently, but I do like but. I, 
see for me like you say i try and get away from the additives of mushy peas and i'll just mash garden peas put a little bit of mint in there maybe a little bit of vinegar a little bit of salt a little bit of pepper and make my own mushy peas yeah that's probably a better way of doing it but i just yeah i don't like garden peas not for me and you know what it's the hard-hitting questions for uh, (laughs) for this podcast Gail Holford says, um, Liam, you're going to make an appearance at Samosa Saturday, which is going on on Saturday. Uh, Manchester City game, I know you, you did purchase uh, the old Samosas last time. We have got a new parking spot now, so don't walk past it. But I think you said you were going to, you're going to walk up and potentially um, buy a couple if I give you a little £5 note or £10 note on, on Saturday, <laughs> yeah. Liam. Would you, you, uh, would you go, and, go and, you, uh, and buy a couple of Samosas? You're paying again. Well, you, get there, you, last time. you get there super early as well to the game, so I'm sure you can pop up and go and see, go and see the crew. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll do. I'll do my best to get up. I'll do my best. I'll see. Uh, hopefully, I'll get there in enough time. Oh, great stuff! Lovely. Um, right, Manchester City coming to town. Uh, what is it? Twelve thirty kickoff. Someone told uh, me the other day in the gym. Yes, it is twelve thirty. I had no idea to be honest. That was three o'clock again. So it's probably best that I I found that out. So we're having breakfast. It'll be a breakfast samosa for you, Keenan. Maybe some scrambled egg in there. What do you reckon? A little bit of cumin. Sounds good to me, man. Anything if it's free, I'll take it. You will do. You will do. Um, Right. Of course, they just played Man City, didn't they? Beat Borussia Dortmund 2-1. Came back from uh, from the dead, really. I thought it was poor first half. I thought it was poor for 60 minutes, really. Um, You could say, okay, well, you know, they've played uh, midweek, but it's it's a good time to play them. But, you know, playing Manchester City here, you know, you have the likes of um, Bernardo Silva on the bench. Well, I mean, let's, let's go through it and let's... Let me have a look. So on the bench. I mean, Gundogan was on the bench, wasn't he, last night? Uh, let's have a look. Let's see who was unused substitutes. Uh, Grealish had a stinker, by the way. Did you watch him? No, I was actually out. I didn't see the game. No, but, uh, drinking. Yeah. Right. Um, I no, I wasn't. I was actually got, on Diet Coke. Obviously, Alvarez, um, who, who looked useful. Uh, Calvin Phillips, Ruben Diaz, Bernardo Silva, Phil Foden, all on the bench last night. <laughs> so... You know, it's it's going to be a difficult game, isn't it? It's going to be an incredibly difficult game. But how do you beat Manchester City and what are your thoughts ahead of the game formation-wise and what do you think they could play? Of course, this is obviously dependent on Raul. Let's, let's rule Raul out now. Do you think that... Um, and Diego Costa not able to start from the, from the beginning, which I'm almost certain that will happen, agreed, Liam. Do you think that it could be a short three-man pronged attack where they're playing Pedence, Neto and Guedes or could you see Huang in there up top uh, with two out of those three playing playing in behind? I think if Raul isn't available you probably see um, Pedence or Guedes as the as the false nine with the leftover one of those and, and Neto uh, on the wing I, I would say. Um, I think that's probably more likely. Uh, however it'd be nice to see Quite get an opportunity, you know, coming off the bench at Southampton. I think um, the vast majority of fans at Molyneux gave him sort of showed their support for him, and I think he appreciate that on on uh, on social media after the game as well. So it would be nice to see him sort of fully focused now, no speculation around transfers, and uh, and maybe get get an opportunity. But I can see it being those three. I think with, without Raul available, and it will be a four through three. I'd be shocked if it's anything but um, Nunes, Neves, Mitinho in the in the in the midfield. I can see probably Johnny and Semedo being the full-backs. Could probably get a bit more defensive solidity than Aitnori. Nori. Um, centre-backs, uh, Collins and Kilman, I think, right, right themselves, don't they? And then Sarr and goal. Um, I think that's probably what I, what I would go with if Jimenez isn't available. If he is, um, I think he starts Jimenez. Um, and you probably see potentially Neto drop to the bench. I can see maybe Pedence and Guedes starting either side of, of, um, of Jimenez if he's available. Um, looking at City and what they 
what they offer. I mean, that's an understatement, really, isn't it? Because they're a ridiculous outfit with ridiculous strength and depth, and and Haaland is just an incredible footballer. But um, I'm going to pose this to you and, and wonder if you agree. In in some ways, now it's easier said than done to stop Haaland, of course. But in some ways, it makes Kilman and Collins's job a bit more straightforward playing Man City um, in that they now have an out-and-out number nine. Um, you know what he's going to do. You know the areas he's going to occupy. And they haven't got, to an extent, they haven't got the players running from deep um, as false nines or coming from midfield that are going to play into those false nine areas. They will make runs from deep in other areas, of course, but from purely a centre-back point of view, um, their job is more straightforward, I would argue, now with Haaland there. Now, the problem is you've got to stop Haaland, which is, as I say, much easier said than done. Um, but that potentially, if Kilman and Collins have a good game, is going to play to their advantage. I think Haaland for 60-odd minutes, maybe 70-odd minutes the other night, from what I've heard, was was struggling to really get a sniff, um, up until his excellent goal, by the way. You can keep him quiet for large periods of a game, but to beat City, you probably have to keep him quiet for 90. So... Collins and Kilman for me are going to play a massive role um, in Wolves getting a result uh, against City. Equally, uh, Walker's got a muscle injury at the moment, and John Stones played right back uh, last night. I think looking at their options, he probably plays there again unless Cancelo moves over and the um, the left back, the Gomez they got from Andalek comes in. So either way, they're they're sort of uh, I, I would say weakened uh, in that department certainly. So. Um, there's areas to exploit, definitely. The midfield's going to have a massive say in it again. You'd imagine a player like uh, Bernardo Silva probably will come in from the start, maybe uh, Phil Foden as well. Um, but either way, playing a, a team like City, regardless of whether you're being at home or not, you most likely have to be solid at the back and, and play them on the on the counter. Um, and if Wolves can win the ball in midfield, which City are vulnerable of giving it away high up the pitch... Uh, at times, if you can win the ball in midfield and break on them, there are opportunities there for Wolves to definitely take advantage of. Um, how how do you beat Man City? How do you set up against Man City? What what kind of what kind of philosophy does does Bruno put on these players um, style wise for them to for them to to beat them? Because look, Man City are going to have a lot of the ball. They're going to be attacking the majority of the team, the majority of the game. You've got to understand that. And for me, Wolves have looked more dangerous on the counter-attack. Is that is that what they will um, look to do? Or because it's more possession-based now, will Bruno look to have a lot more of the ball than maybe we're used to seeing in, in recent seasons and maybe look at a different way of, of getting a point or three against them? But let's be honest, City have, have been susceptible in the Premier League this season. So there's there's other teams have had success against them. Does he kind of copy that? Does he have his own uh, philosophy? Or do we see something different and try and take them by surprise? I think Wolves are, you know, very capable of looking after the ball, and and you know you saw that in the first half at Spurs, and uh, dominating a team in possession as well. They're very, very, very capable of that. But I think against City, you have to be compact and you have to take advantage of the transitions. When Wolves take advantage of their transitions, they get into really good areas. Um, now they haven't scored many goals from them, of course, but particularly in that first half against um, against Newcastle, I've seen a few clips of that again recently, and the transition taking advantage of those transitions rather is what created so many good chances in that, particularly in the first half so um, I think that Wolves have to play with that mentality um, because they're not going to have 60-70% possession but when they get the ball they have to have the quality 
and the probably the bravery to be honest to do something with it. Um, and if they can do that, then they they can make they can certainly have some joy. And I think City can be exploited defensively if they can get at them. Um, again, very you know easier said than done because you've got to keep a player like Haaland and the players around him, De Bruyne again another one. You've got to keep them quiet um, and win the ball back in midfield for those transitions to to be a reality. Um, but the centre-back's been excellent this season. The midfield, I think, is a is a, a great trio and it's got very good potential. Wolves are more than capable of being, winning enough battles and winning the ball back enough times. And in certain situations, high up the pitch, as I say, where City recently have been guilty. I think their goal against uh, Villa that they conceded, losing the ball high up the pitch. If they do that, Wolves are more than capable of breaking on them and causing them, causing them problems, definitely. For the, you're going for incredibly your third correct score in a row. Come which on. Which is ast- astonishing. Even more astonishing that the people who've won it previously have not claimed their prize properly. Um, they're not come back. They're, they're, not, they're not listening potentially. So they've missed out on a shirt. So, so more, more fool you. So if you are listening to this and you do get picked, then please contact us um, because we've got some shirts waiting for you. But what I'm going to do before I get the prediction from you, Kino, what I'm going to say is... I'm looking for some new intro music for this podcast. So, if anyone likes likes um, you know likes a little bit of music mixing or a little bit of intro, looking like a 15 second intro, would you like to have your 15 second intro playing on this podcast the rest of the season? If you do, what I'm going to ask you is to design a little one. You can talk over it. You can have some music. You can have some some wolves, obviously some wolves cheering or or goal celebrations or whatever. But you want 15 seconds of a little intro. And if we play it, we'll play the best ones, I think, in the next couple of weeks. And whoever wins, we'll give them a, a free shirt. How's that? You can't say further than that, mate. Happy days. Whether it's Welcome to the Ines Balls podcast with Nathan Judah and Liam Keane, whether it's uh, whether it's just some, some goal music, whether it's uh, just, just, just some some nice, you know, fifteen seconds of, of, of interesting, you know, an interesting intro. Um, I don't mind, but we'll play them and um, and, a, and a free shirt. Which shirt should we give away? Should we give away the home, the away, or the ice? Uh, I think we go ice. Let's go ice, ice, baby. Let's do it. I, t- I tell you what, we won't mind a bit of vanilla ice to start the podcast, so uh, <laughs> that that could work. But copyright issues um, means that we cannot use it. Uh, so yeah, if you fancy doing it, send us it in um, Nathan Judah at mnamedia.co.uk or the podcast or Liam Keen. Liam, what's your what's your email address? Uh, Liam which is K W E N at mnamedia.co.uk. And I'm nathan.jude at mnamedia.co.uk. Send in your entries and we'll play the best ones. And, and the winner, like I say, will get an ice shirt. Um, and of course, we're giving away a shirt as normal this weekend as well. Predictions, you get the last say, of course. So I'm going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a bit optimistic. I'm going to say it's a good game. Wolves play well and they get a point. I'm going to say Desmond time. Wolves 2, Four. Manchester City 2. A Desmond a two-two. You're keeping the uh, the Desmond going after I mm. predicted that for the Liverpool game, which of course didn't happen. Um, I'm going to unfortunately go for a Wolves loss. Boo! But boo! If it comes boo. true, then at least it will uh, give the winner a you know a bit of solace. Um, I'm going to say it's a tight game. Uh, Wolves lose two-one. Two-one. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that just. Um, Twelve thirty kickoff. I'll see you. Um, I'll see you. Hopefully at about eleven o'clock. With with your samosa bought for me, please. That'd be lovely. I'll, I'll reimburse you. It, it, hopefully, I'll get there in time. Yes, we'll see. 
Great stuff. Keto, thank you very much, mate. Cheers, boss. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, thank you to the 10,000 of you plus who listened last week and uh, hopefully three points on Saturday. We'll see you all next week. From me, from Keto, take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>